This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Be'ed Heeding the Desperate Prayer. This week's parasha opens with Moshe's revealing an acute moment of vulnerability and pain to the people. He recounts the way that he begged and pleaded with God to let him enter the land that God had promised, even if only for a short while. And I pleaded to God at that time, saying, My Lord, God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty arm, that there is no God in the heavens or the earth who can perform such great deeds. Please let me cross. And let me see the good land that is on the other side of the Jordan, Lebanon, and this good mountain. And God was cross with me because of you, and he did not listen to me. And God said to me, You have enough. Do not continue to speak with me about this. Go up the peak and raise your eyes to the west, north, south, and east. Look with your eyes, for you will not cross the Jordan. And charge Yehoshua, strengthen and support him, for he will cross before this people and secure their inheritance in the land that you see. Moshe's request seems eminently reasonable. He isn't asking God to reverse his decision and allow Moshe to remain the leader of the people in Israel. He is only asking to enter the land and touch it himself. How could God have denied this beautiful and moving prayer? How could God have said no to Moshe? He doesn't need to live in the land. He isn't asking to continue to lead the people. Just let him touch his feet to the soil. Just let him breathe in the air. Though God, of course, may grant or refuse any request he so chooses, we can learn a significant lesson about our own prayers from the fact that God was not persuaded by this prayer of Moshe. Perhaps what seems like the perfect prayer is not, in fact, the ideal. And the ideal prayer is of a kind that we have been neglecting. Reb Cohen addresses this question in his commentary on this week's Parsha. He suggests that perhaps the beauty of this prayer, its clarity, simplicity, and balance, in fact made it less likely to meet with a favorable response. Moshe's prayer is so beautiful and so eloquent, and this is exactly why it was ignored. Counterintuitively, had it been a poor or inelegant prayer, it would have been accepted. To explain, Reb Tzadok identifies two very different modes of prayer. The first type of prayer is the prayer that is legally mandated and regulated. This is the tefillah that is discussed in the halachic literature and recited standing in silent devotion from a book which tells you what you are to say. This is the daily tefillah, the pattern of prayer that we recite. This tefillah, like Moshe's pleading in our parsha, is well-crafted and attentively designed. 
But there is a second kind of tefillah, a prayer which is not composed and is not recited with silent composure. There is a type of tefillah that does not necessarily fulfill the legal requirement to communicate with God or be present with our community, nor is it designed to. Rather, it expresses an emotion that has nowhere else to go. This prayer is not obligatory. It is necessary. This prayer operates differently and therefore elicits a different response. Omnam, bevadai hu shestam tefillah l'adonayit barach ein lahagbiya kolo. Aval lifamim kasher tsar lahadam ma'od, velo yachol od lahachil hatsar bekirbo, me'eze inyan shetsarich lishua, as hu toweik b'yum kadaliba, vehu ein mechavein lahagbiya kolo lefnei hashemit barach, rak hatsaka hi mikiro libo, she'ein lo shum eitza, utfilah Indeed, it is definitely the case that in ordinary prayer to God, one should not raise his voice. But sometimes when a person is in great distress and he can no longer hold his pain inside himself because of whatever matter requires salvation, then he cries from the depths of the heart. And he does not intend to raise his voice before God. Rather, the cry comes from the walls of the heart for he has no other remedy. And a prayer through crying out like this is accepted before the Blessed One and does not return unfulfilled. Reb Tzadok refers to the general requirement that the silent or whispered Amidah prayer is supposed to be recited quietly, just as Hannah recited her prayer silently. As the Talmud says, Vikola lo yishama, Hannah's voice was not heard. From here, we know that a person who is praying may not raise their voice. Mikan she'asor lahagbiya kola. However, not every prayer that follows Hana's can or should follow all aspects of this model, which has been reified for later generations. Sometimes prayer is not planned and not prescribed. Sometimes a person's need is so deep and their pain is so sharp that they just cry out. This type of prayer is completely spontaneous. It is not anticipated and therefore cannot be modulated in its volume, content, or tone. This second type of prayer is not characterized by silence. It is loud, desperate, and not controlled. It forces God to confront a person's pain. And according to Reb Tzadok, is the only prayer which is guaranteed a reply. Moshe's pain at being deprived entry into the land was certainly profound and completely understandable. However, according to Reb Tzadok, his prayer fits the model of orchestrated prayer. Moshe made a reasonable request, stated in a clear and well-articulated way. Moshe's prayer was planned for a specific moment, using specific words. It is because Moshe had a strategy to win God over in prayer that his prayer was not answered. Had Moshe cried out immediately out of his pain and need, if he had been so overwhelmed with sorrow that he couldn't help but dispense with decorum, then perhaps he would have been answered. Had Moshe's prayer caught not only God but even Moshe himself by surprise, if there had been no gap between what Moshe was feeling and what his heart expressed, perhaps God's reaction would have been different. If Moshe had not hidden his emotion with his prayer, Perhaps it would have been impossible for God to ignore. Moshe blames 
the people for the denial of his position. And God was cross with me because of you, and he did not listen to me. But perhaps the people are not the reason why he was refused. God's response is very curt and precise. Do not continue to speak with me about this. God does not refer to the people at all. Maybe it was not because of the people that his petition was refused, nor were the people to blame for it. Maybe the error was in his prayer. The request was too logical, too reasonable. It articulated a preference. It didn't cry out a need. It was not despite the beauty and eloquence of Moshe's prayer that it was denied, but because of this. Moshe's prayer was not answered this time. God did not change his mind and allow Moshe to enter into the land as he desired. But God did heed Moshe's prayer in the past. When Moshe scaled Mount Sinai while we worshiped the golden calf below, God was livid and Moshe was angry too. And Moshe prayed out of this fury and desperation. Vayachel Moshe pene Adonai. Moshe beseeched Vayichal, God. Tanya, Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol Omer, Milamech amad Moshe betfilah lefnea kadosh baruchu ad shahazatu achilu. It is taught, Rabbi Eliezer the Great says, this teaches, that is the word Vayichal, that Moshe stood before God in prayer until he was overcome by fire in his bones. Achilu. When Moshe prayed so hard, with so much passion, that he felt like he was being burned from the inside out, then Moshe was answered. God relented and agreed to forgive the people for committing a sin, despite of the fact that the sin was so grievous and so hurtful. Moshe's arguments may have been good or they may have been poor, but the force of his emotional state could not be argued with. God relented regarding the evil that he had said that he would do to his people. This teaching of Reb Tzadok can provide a new lens through which to understand one of the core debates about prayer brought in Mishnah Brachot. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Ha'usat Tfilato Keva, Ein Tfilato Tachanunim. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Hamalech Bimakom Sakana, Mitpalel Tfilakatsara vi Omer, Hosha Hashem at Amecha, Et Sheri Israel, Kol Parashat Haibor Yihiyut Sarchehem Lefanacha, Baruchata Hashem Shomea Tfila. Rabbi Eliezer says, Anyone who makes his prayer set, his prayer is not pleading. Rabbi Yoshua says, One who is walking in a dangerous area should pray a brief prayer and say, Hashem, save your people, the remnant of Israel. At each parting of the ways, let their needs be before you. Blessed are you, Hashem, who listens to prayer. In this Mishnah, Rabbi Yoshua argues that a person can construct an emergency prayer for an emergency situation ahead of time. The content and the brevity of the prayer reflect the situation that the prayer is designed for. When under pressure, you do not have to be specific, and you do not have time to recite an elaborate composition. Therefore, Rabbi Yeshua presents a basic multi-emergency template for the prayer you would say. But Rabbi Eliezer argues that this pre-constructed prayer is not a true prayer. A pre-planned prayer is fine for when a scripted response is appropriate. 
But it isn't tachanunim. It isn't a heartfelt plea. A proper petition composed ahead of time is not the correct mode for a crisis. In a time of crisis, you set your sidor aside and you read what is written on the walls of your heart. You scream in a voice that even you don't recognize, a voice that you do not command and that you cannot contain. It is also critical to acknowledge that God is not the only entity who has power over our lives. We have power over our own lives. We have control over others, and other people have control over us. The standard advice that we often give and often receive is that crying is for children. That if we want to be taken seriously, we need to maintain complete control over our emotions. If we feel too emotional to express ourselves calmly and rationally, then we should wait until the wave of anger and frustration passes and only speak then. This is sound advice. This advice is reasonable and is appropriate for most situations, but perhaps not for all. Sometimes there are emergencies wherein you absolutely must break the glass and sound the alarm. Reb Tzadok and Rabbi Eliezer suggest that some situations are too dire for a calm and collected response. Sometimes in order to express to ourselves, to God and to other human beings who are in charge that we are serious, that something is meaningful to us, we have to let our true feelings rise to the surface. Sometimes you'll need to cry and scream and be incoherent because how you feel is desperate and there is a pain in your heart that needs to be heard. If you find yourself in a situation where you feel that there is nowhere for you to turn, open up. Resist the urge to quiet yourself, to correct yourself, to wait for the right moment or the right way to express your needs. Resist the urge to use words that you have prepared. Resist the urge to be articulate and convincing. Approach instead with honesty and invite and demand a compassionate response. Wishing you a Shabbat of heartfelt emotion. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.